just want to remind you of where we've been so far in this Advent. We've, uh, we've, we've looked at already that Jesus is sent to claim his crown as rightful king. And then uh, this last Sunday, we looked at how he's reclaiming his people from exile. And through this Advent, I trust that it could be a reminder as well, too, for our spiritual journey, how Jesus provides and goes right along with us and does reclaim us from our exile of sin and that he is, he has claimed his crown as rightful king. And the question is, has he claimed that, have we allowed him to claim that rightful position in our lives? So number of things we've learned so far along this Advent journey. And today we're going to see how Jesus is sent to proclaim the arrival of the kingdom of God. And he has, he's been sent to do that. We, we need to see ourselves as God's representatives in the world. To, to be living examples of God's uh, f- uh, forgiving, uh, f- transforming power in the life of a believer. We need to receive it, of course, but we need to share it as well. So if you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61, we'll look at these verses uh, 1 through 11. Um, and, uh, and then also, too, of course, we have uh, in Luke portion of scripture there as well too but uh, Isaiah 61 let's start with verse 1 it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And then let's drop down to verse 8 and pick up from there. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. For my soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations." So we'll stop there. I'd like to take those verses, and we're going to take a look at these things. And uh, three things we can see here about uh, uh, Jesus being sent in this situation to bring the kingdom of God, to proclaim the kingdom of God. Uh, Right from the start in Isaiah here, he establishes that the messenger foreshadowed in this passage will speak from a place of power, will speak from a place of authority, derived from being anointed. Anointed. Now, 
this is pretty significant because the term anointed is closely tied to the title Messiah. And in the Hebrew language, Messiah means anointed one. So the messenger is the Messiah. The messenger is the Messiah. Isaiah tells us that the coming messenger will be God's anointed one. He will be empowered by the spirit of the sovereign Lord. And this, this puts the, the, this messenger in line with prophets and kings. But as we will figure out here and, and discover, he will be greater than any of the, nation, the, the national heroes that paved the way for him. So the coming messenger is the Messiah. He, he is God's sent one on a mission to proclaim the kingdom's arrival. The second thing we can see here, too, is that the messenger binds the broken. What does it look like when the kingdom shows up and breaks out around us? What does that, what does that look like all around us? The broken are healed. The mourning find comfort. The prisoner is set free. And the captives, they leave their chain, chains behind. The messenger proclaims the good news to the poor. God has heard your cries for help, and he is here to heal you. Have you ever been in a situation like that, where you felt captive? You felt imprisoned? You felt during a, a time of brokenheartedness? Maybe you, you're in mourning and you, you need to find comfort. Jesus has come. The messenger has come to proclaim the good news and has heard your cries, and he's here to, to heal you. But who doesn't need that these days? <laughs> who doesn't need the message of wholeness and healing? Uh, maybe some of you are going through brokenheartedness. To the brokenhearted among us, Jesus has come to bind you up. He is here to draw you close, to take your pain upon himself. He is here to, to walk beside you and lead in this long but beautiful journey Toward healing, the brokenheartedness. You all can be, be repaired in that way. The prisoners and, and captives. If you feel imprisoned, you feel captive in your life in some way, your freedom has come. Jesus proclaims that under his reign in his kingdom, you are released from the chains and the cell block. You don't have to be in that prison anymore. Even as the Spirit speaks to your heart right now, this moment, the doors are unlocking and opening and coming off their hinges at the very sound of His voice. He speaks it, and it happens. You are set free. He has provided a way. And to those in mourning and despair, He trades your ashes for crowns of beauty. He trades your tears for the oil of gladness. To the cut off and the uprooted and the rotted out, <laughs> he calls you oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Have you ever seen giant oaks before? Those trees, how huge they can get? We had, we had a black walnut tree in the back of our yard uh, down in, in Salem. That thing was gigantic. And the oaks, though, those things can grow tremendously large, with a trunk huge. And, and he says, you are oaks of righteousness. 
Those things stand sturdy and you also stand sturdy in the Lord. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You are on display to show God's glory. And to those whose lives resemble a city in ruins, maybe you've gone through some difficult times. I'm sure you have in the last year and a half, couple of years. And you're trying to navigate all of these things and you feel a little um, beat down. You feel maybe like a city in ruins. He has come to rebuild what has been torn down and restore what has once been abandoned. Stone by stone, he reconstructs, he renovates all those things, what time and tragedy have, have destroyed. The places long devastated will become filled with life again. God will fill you again with that life. Lights will burn in the homes, and the streets will be full of full of joy. It will come. Right now, it's a season that you feel like a, a city of ruins. But God has promised that he will build you up, restore, reconstruct. That's what good news looks like. All these things. If you hit any of these categories in your life right now, just know that this season, this time of year, God's proclaiming in your life the kingdom of God that has come and has brought restoration in your life, has come to bring, set you free wherever you are at, however you feel beaten down, whatever, just know that God is there. His Son has provided the way to give you true life. But that's what happens when the kingdom comes. So what broken places need binding in your life? What broken places need binding in your life? What ruins need restoration in your life? Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now about those things, and if he is, I trust that you are, you are acknowledging that and taking note. The third thing here as well in this portion of Scripture of Isaiah 61, we find that the messenger is the message. <laughs> The messenger is the message. Despite the thrill of hope in these verses so far in Isaiah 61, the most stunning truth is yet to come. But Because what we experience in Advent is more than powerful words. We experience the word made flesh. The messenger is the message. Isn't that a radical thought? God with us, the word made flesh. That God did not simply commission another prophet to tell us all about the kingdom. He sent Jesus to show us the kingdom lived out before our very eyes. And it's lived out in your life before other people as well. In every way, Jesus takes this passage and transforms it from future prophecy into present reality. He drags it into the realm of right here, right now. And in Jesus, God becomes what he wants to say. He models the culture of the kingdom and proclaims, the kingdom has come. I wonder, uh, how can your life embody and enact the good news of the kingdom? How can God use you in those ways? How can you become what you want to say? You want to share the kingdom of God. How can you become that? 
We need to see ourselves as God's representatives in the world, to be living examples of God's forgiving, transforming power in the life of a believer. People need to see that. People need to see that there's a living God that loves them and wants to have that relationship with them through his son, Jesus Christ. And you are that messenger in that way as well, too. You see, in a, in a wedding, uh, there's usually, you know, of course, the ceremony. You got the songs and the singing. You got the people dressed up. You also have the, 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 the bride as well, too. And the purpose of the ceremony and all the decorations is to celebrate, is to honor, is to show off the beauty of the bride and affirm marriage as a, as a sacred union. I've never been to a wedding where uh, the bride comes down the, the aisle and everyone's going, oh my goodness, oh, look at that. Whoa. There's beauty that is presented there. And, and everyone acknowledges that. The beauty of the situation and all that. There is also the gathering of people to witness the commitments in that wedding. The commitments being made in, in love. And there's the beauty of the bride on display for all to see. And of course, the celebration afterwards, when everyone goes and, and does speeches and dances and everything else on that big day. All these themes tie into the passage that we see here in Isaiah. There's the witness as God proclaims good news through Jesus to the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, and the enslaved. There's the beauty because the lost who, are tr who trust Jesus to be their, their salvation will be crowned with beauty, clothed with joy, and will be planted like a well-rooted tree in order to, dis to display God's splendor. And there's the celebration, because as Christians, we are messengers of God's good news when we display His splendor by how we live, how we love, and, and, and how we relate to, to the world all around us. Transformative power of God's grace is upon us, the poor, the brokenhearted, the, the, the captive. It has the power to make us new creations. We don't have to live in all of that anymore. God has provided the way to be the new creation in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You know, when we allow God to come in, and, and change our hearts from the inside out. He transforms us in such a way that we reflect his love instead of our selfishness. It's a way to be able to express the good news and God's grace in other people's lives by looking to their needs and not our own. He does this so that we can be a, a reflection to the world around us because the world needs to hear about hope. <laughs> the world needs to hear of what Jesus has to offer, what he's given us, we need to let others know about it as well. No longer do we have to be ashamed of our sin or fear, fearful of his judgment. He has given us a crown of beauty. He has anointed us with, with the oil of joy. And he's clothed us in a garment of praise. Do you believe that? <laughs> John Oswald, author, and also uh, uh, has written some for the NIV application commentary, he, uh, he says this about uh, Isaiah chapter 61. He says, The Messiah proclaims the year of the Lord's favor so that God's people may become a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. 
What is his splendor but his character? Can anyone seriously believe that a proud, boastful, self-serving, born-again Christian is a display of God's splendor? <laughs> it just doesn't work. doesn't make sense. It's a great question. Can anyone who is boastful and proud and self-serving be able to display God's splendor? I don't think it works. <laughs> There's conflict there. But just as God sent Jesus to bring hope and rescue to the lost, so he has sent us, his church, to do the same. If you have repented of sin, and, and, and you've allowed God to, to move in your life, to lead you, then you have been set free from sin. You've been set, set free from shame and, and hopelessness as well. So freely you have received and freely you must give. We can display God's splendor in our world by how we treat people at work, in our neighborhood, at school, even at home. Being able to let people know about Christ and, and in the way we do it and how we treat people around us. We need to see ourselves as God's representatives in the world to be living examples of God's forgiving, transforming power in the life of a believer. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up and uh, Linda's going to go down and get Becky. Okay, she's coming. <laughs> John as well. John's going to get Becky. <laughs> okay. Ended a little early today, but that's, that, that is about all I have for you today as far as the news, good news of, of, of this message. But as a church family, we need to find tangible ways, tangible and creative ways to become what we want to say. What is it that you want to say? What is it that you want to your life wants to express to others? We need to find active and visible, and, and visible ways to communicate the culture of this kingdom to our community. And I trust that God is laying upon your heart how you can do that in your neighborhood, among your neighbors, maybe in the work setting, wherever you find yourself. <clears throat> to be able to find the uh, active and visible ways to communicate the culture of this kingdom to those around you. So what is God impressing on your heart today? What is God speaking to you? What broken places need binding in your life? What, what ruins need restoration in your life? Because as you are restored and as you are, are, are being renewed in your life, then that is the message you can share with others, what God has done for you. And so how can Jesus then use you to bind up the brokenhearted and release his, the captives, especially during this season of Advent? Maybe God has placed someone on your heart that you need to be that messenger to. I trust that you will take the steps forward to be able to do that. So they can see and realize what God has for them. Incredible plan of salvation for them. And what better time of year to be able to communicate that in a season of Advent where we celebrate Jesus during this time. As you think about those questions and how God might use you in those ways, we're going to sing these songs here, a Heart of Worship, to help us again just get right the right mindset with God in this, but also to maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If you want to come and pray, 
sure can. Those who are online, if God is speaking to your heart, you sure can create an altar right there for you to come to the Lord and, and pray, spend some time. But I trust that you'll, you'll respond in obedience how the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart in all of this.